Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Single Tree podcast, number six. We're going to continue talking about grief today and how to access the presence and experience joy through that. I'm Joel. And I'm Brandon. We are very grateful that you have joined us today, that people are listening and uh, just humbled by the process of talking about the things that we are talking about and having you join us in that. We would be thrilled to have comments and questions and feedback and, and the things that you are uh, offering as feedback really help us to refine this process and just to refine this discussion. So we're grateful that you're along with us in this journey and you can go to uh, facebook.com forward slash a single tree or soundcloud.com forward slash a single tree and give us your comments and your questions. We'd be happy to have those and um, would love to answer questions and just have you help us uh, form our conversation and maybe future topics that we discuss on the podcast. So thank you. Yeah, I, I, I definitely would appreciate and, and look forward to hearing feedback. I think it just adds another layer to what <laughs> what we're trying to do, you know. Um, For sure. It just adds another layer of meaning, and uh, I think it makes the whole thing more rich. And, you know, in some ways I think it's, it's, it's a good, good expression of how we're all trying to, to figure this out together, you know. And you and I do that, well, we've done that all along in our friendship and uh, it would be nice to be able to kind of share that in some other ways with with other people. So yeah, feedback is great. Yeah, feedback is absolutely essential for just us just as humans, human beings and and being able to have kind of a creative process of interacting with each other. So we're, we're really grateful for that. We actually have a question from someone who's listened to the podcast today that we wanted to try to answer on today's episode. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just jump in and start with that. So here's, here's the question from one of our listeners. She says, is all desire derived from the ego or is it the agenda behind the desire that is of the ego? It's a great question. We've been talking about the large self and the small self, which is referred to also as the ego and uh, the desires of the small self and how we need to deal with those. And um, I just think this is a really helpful question for differentiating um, wh what is the ego and, and what does it do and how is it active. And uh, so do you want to take a stab at that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's a great question and it's, it's something that, um, that's always alive, something we're always, uh, wrestling with. Uh, the only difference is, uh, how much awareness do we have around that? I think so. Um, I think to begin, you know, we, we, those who want to understand, I think the process of the, the ego better, you know, um, we'll read this and that and, and, and have this idea that, oh, you know, um, 
I need to put all of this energy into extinguishing or eradicating um, the ego or my ego and, and that it's bad. And um, I definitely went along those lines and, and yeah. in, in certain parts of my life. And, you know, what, what I learned is that... Um, is that, that 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 can actually cause more pain? Yeah, actually. So, probably first and foremost, I'd want to start with just just saying it's it 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 causes more pain. It's 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 there, and you know, um, if you look at it from a grander perspective, um, the 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 ego that kind of manifests in you, it's not just yours. It's everybody's. There's this. Mm-hmm big thing called the ego kind of transposed onto all of us. So, um, and we've, we've talked a little bit about this in, 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 um, one of our earlier podcasts. And I really do kind of prefer to think as, as the ego as, as, as a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the basic, the, the, the basic, um, desires that we have that are that are kind of uh, derived from the ego they're not they're not bad mm-hmm. um you know the, the the desire to 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 eat right to, to 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 go on living that is a desire it's a fundamental desire of the ego it, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that right mm-hmm. if we eliminate that then well then we cease cease to exist so I think, in addition to not judging the, the 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 desires of the ego as as bad, we have to make sure that we are assigning a balanced approach to and in a good context for for the ego, and then draw it out from there. If that if that makes mm-hmm. any sense to you, yeah, I mean, sure. You might say more about. You know what is the what is the context that you're talking about as far as that the ego exists in? Yeah, I mean, whether that whether that be us, you know, uh, driving down driving down the streets and being in traffic, and um, you know we're 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 in a hurry mm-hmm. uh, to to pick our child up or mm-hmm. or or to get to work, you know, this and that. You know, we're we're experiencing this 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 agitation, right? You know, one one could say that that's mm-hmm. a simple and pretty glaring manifestation of of the ego, right? It's it's, sure. it's this idea that it um it needs to get somewhere quick. It needs to it it needs you know this this mm-hmm. it it has this agenda to be there on time and and do all of this and then um. When we have no context around that experience, then that's all that exists, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just been helpful to, to first of all, mm-hmm. not judge the existence of what's happening, mm-hmm. to be able to be aware of exactly what's going on, mm-hmm. and then be able to kind of create some context around that so I can do something differently, more creatively, to be more differentiated yeah. from it. So understanding the context is understanding that you're not just angry and agitated because you're stuck in traffic, but to understand the desires of the ego 
and then the agenda of the ego, which are two separate but related things, which the question indicates as well. So right. it's a good question. Um, you know, if you're in traffic and you desire to um, get to where you're going quicker, that is a basic desire. And the but the ego's agenda would be maybe more something about um, safety and security that comes from having an orderly life. Or sure, if I'm not to, on, if I'm not on time, I'm 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 bad or or, or right. whatever. And, right. you know, the agenda also includes, okay, well, the desire is to get there. Well, how are you going to get there? Are you, yeah. are you going to be a madman on, on the, <laughs> on the highway or, or, or what's that going to look like? Right. So if you don't have context around that, then, you know, yeah. we're barreling down the highway, you know, um, mm -hmm. in a lot of interesting ways. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so understanding the context is just understanding that everyone has an ego. It's part of their self and it's appropriate. The, the desires of the ego to have safety, security, value are all basic things that are ingrained in us and our desires mm. that are daily, you know, minute by minute desires are really informed by that agenda. Um, I would say in answer to the question that both of those are probably driven by the ego, mm. the, uh, the more, um, acute desire to eat is driven, driven by the, the larger agenda of the ego to stay alive and to be alive. Um, and even maybe to be comfortable. Um, but they're both probably driven by the ego. Again, it's important to to note that um, the goal is not to extinguish all of the desires or the agendas mm -hmm. of the ego. So what would you say is the goal then? Um, it's to see it as a teacher. It's as something that gives you information. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the, the goal is, at least for me, is, it, is to learn. The, yeah. the, the goal is to learn and, and, and be to, aware. to be aware and to out of that learning, you're able to kind of create balance. I mean, I, I've really been thinking a lot about the word balance uh -huh. and how it's essential for a quality of life or even, 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 uh, healing. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when, when, um, our ego, you know, uh, goes unchecked or whatever, there, there's no, there's no balance in that. And so, you know, um, for, for me, for me, it's, 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 it's about learning so that I can become more differentiated from it and go deeper into what I really am, really. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what I'm kind of start, starting to, to discover it's, is, is that the more I learn from all of the things that, that the ego does and how it manifests, I'm, it helps me realize that what I'm, what I'm not by yeah. by looking at at the at the kind of the function of that and so i'm able to kind of go it deeper into just being present you know mm -hmm. and so there's kind of a deeper self a deeper kind of presence that you can have that's not just your ego uh pursuing what it wants sure it, it helps me understand what i'm not 
yeah. so that I can go deeper into what I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the goal is not, though, to totally discard the ego. You won't be able to do that. It's to learn from it and learn what you're not so that you can settle into this deeper presence. Sure. And yeah. then, and then, good. and then as you go, go deeper into that presence, then you have more clarity in regards to what that balance looks like. Right. So for, for example, right. um, uh, success or, or, or money, you know, if, if we're, if we're paying attention to the function of, of, of the ego and how it manifests and we're using that to kind of go deeper into ourselves and realize what we are not by looking mm-hmm. at the function of the ego, mm-hmm. then inherently we're able to start getting some, some real good clarity in regards to, okay, what, what does success look like? What mm-hmm. does this money thing look like to me? Mm-hmm. But so I think that that's a, I think that we need a relationship with the ego so that we can find our balance and mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we have an understanding of what, what success and, and, and money looks like out of the recognition of, of what we are being deeper into this, this presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What money and success mean. Sure to uh to us is defined by um, what it means at the ego level and then what it means at this deeper kind of presence the the larger self that we've been talking about they look different sure when you when you look at each of those things from each of those perspectives and it's almost like an unveiling i mean that 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 new awareness or that new meaning comes out of the the out of the friction of mm-hmm. being aware of the function of the ego and allowing it to to drive you deeper into presence or this deeper self mm-hmm. there's an inherent kind of recognition of something deeper mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah so it it helps us the to knowledge re- of the ego and awareness of it helps us s- sink into that deeper awareness and presence. Right. And then our context, it seems to That's me, good, yeah. inherently changes. And then we start, ha- our, our meaning changes. What, you know, uh, three years ago, what success looked like or money looked like. Yeah. Now that we've been using this, um, the, the ego as a teacher, it changes now. It's, it's just, yeah. it, 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 be- it can become different and it's all relative. Then. And you can't, you can't unsee the, larger self this larger awareness you once you see it you you always see it and you always work from that perspective yeah another way to think of balance is um you know the ego pursues what it wants so let's let's go back to the example of you know food uh the ego um wants to be you know wants the self to be alive um and the the desire on a smaller level is to get food to, to eat. Um, and if you, if that's, if that's all you do, if you're just letting your ego drive the bus, then you're going to constantly seek out food and it, and, and it would at some points become at the expense of others. Like if you were on a deserted Island with 
a few other people and there were there was only a limited amount of food, you would hoard all the food for yourself and no one else would get any. And so um, the ego needs to be in check. It needs to be balanced by um, what we sometimes call altruism, which is just the, um, the ability to think of others rather than just yourself. So, you know, unbounded, the ego just seeks what it wants, even at the expense of others. So it's, it's another way to sort of like gain awareness of and knowledge and connect with the larger self or the larger consciousness by not only thinking of self, but by thinking of others. You know, if you, if you're trying to get where you're going in traffic at the expense of everyone else, then, you know, you're just, you're just selfish. You're, you're even destructive, right? Um, you could also think of it in terms of, you know, one of the other desires is just to be loved or to have, um, affection, connection, Mm. um, which is a really good desire. You know, that's, that's how we connect with each other. That's how we, um, get into relationships. Right. And, uh, so there's a, a desire of the ego to be valuable to someone else, or that's the agenda of the ego. The desire is just to be close to someone or to be in a relationship. Um, you know, and that's, and that agenda is valid. It makes sense for us to be connected and to find value and, and, uh, worth from others. Um, so it's not bad at all, but you know, again, if it's taken to an extreme and you're constantly seeking out the affection or attention of others, then, um, there's no balance. Right. And it can even be at the expense of others. There's, there's times for pursuing connection or attention from a relationship. And then there's time to maybe step back and receive, or even to have, um, some solitude and that, the, that balance there is really important to strike. So it's a great question. Um, you know, is the, uh, is, is it, uh, the desire, what is of the ego or is it just the, the larger agenda to be safe, um, or comfortable? Is that really what's of the ego? Um, and I would probably say both the self, um, the self, has the self in general has an agenda, um, and which, which also drives these desires. And, you know, part of what we're saying is that, um, these are not bad things. It's just important to be, become aware of them. And I think it's important to enter some space where you are not just compulsively seeking out everything your ego wants, but you can enter some space where you can actually make thoughtful, um, considerate decisions especially considering um, the welfare of others. Right. And one of the one of the main tangible ways that you can do that is is you know if, if what we're talking about resonates at all, then 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 what we can start doing is just kind of choosing to keep an eye on the ego and and kind of become the watcher or the observer of of what it does. Inherently, when we do that, the instant we start kind of deciding to focus the light of our awareness on on what the ego does, it pulls it it pulls us out of 
being in the ego. Uh, of, right. Of just I, driven we, by the we ego. We become we or who we are or what we are becomes less identified with the ongoings of the ego. And mm-hmm. then we're able to kind of ex- have this more robust experience and we have a start to learn about a deeper experience that we have. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a simple process of, of just being willing to just keep an eye on the ego and just watch it. Mm-hmm. As long as we're watching the learning, at least in my experience, naturally just starts. You kind of know what to do. Coming. Yeah. And that the perspective yeah. or the context just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And then we're able somehow to find ourselves in this deeper kind of presence, something mm-hmm. that's bigger. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. So thanks for your questions. Any feedback? We'd love to be able to answer any questions or attempt to answer and just get your input on what what you're, you know, working on and, and going through and, and, uh, yeah, just on future topics for podcasts, that'd be great. So we're going to continue this discussion about grief today because the grief podcast, the last one, uh, people really resonated with a lot of that content, just the ongoing grief that we're in on a daily basis. Apparently, we're not the only ones experiencing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you know, when we were talking before this this podcast that before we started doing this um today this morning, I I just I I I think it 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 got it got some attention because we're just speaking to a larger human experience, you know. I think yeah that we sure. we all carry this it's it's always there all of the time um and on a deep level we can we can feel it all all, all the time and i think sure. you know because of the way our society kind of is uh oriented towards grief there's not a whole lot of permission um for the expression of it and so right. It's 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 kind of like we right. we tapped into this 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 bigger experience that you and I talk about all the time, right? Yeah. But uh, it's really people got it. Yeah, it's 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 powerful. And it's pretty pretty humbling to be able to to kind of speak to. It's something that we all carry, you know. Yeah, and um, you know when we can when we can speak about something that. Um, we care that isn't easy, right? That can be confusing and um, feel very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. So in the last podcast about grief, the role of our grief, uncovering joy, we talked about, you know, just being aware that we're in grief all the time and, and those griefs pile up. And I think that's part of why it's resonated because so many of us are depressed or experience depression from time to time. And, and, you know, depression could be this, just this, um, this heap of grief or, or that we've not resolved. 
right or anger or or mm-hmm. fear i mean all of it is mm-hmm. all of it is connected to the, to this grief yeah sure yeah and so if you if you haven't listened to that podcast you can go back and listen to it but hopefully we laid out just you know it's important to be be aware of how you're grieving on a daily basis and and uh be able to just pay attention to that and and how you know these other emotions like anger and fear may also be at their core these griefs that we're traveling through and uh and just how important it is to to resolve those griefs and and be able to loosen our grip on some of the things that we hold so tightly and the goal of the grief though it seems sort of paradoxical is for us to experience joy. So I wanted us to talk a little bit more about that today. How does how does that actually happen? You know, if we're uh, stripping away certain things or shedding certain layers, what is it that we are trying to get to? That's a good question. I mean, I think I think we're trying to get more more awareness and understanding. It's almost like on some level we're 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 always after just like a like a a, a deeper truth or mm-hmm. um, something something that's more clear and um, that's yeah, part that's of good. it at least for me that's good. We talked about this larger self that we're trying to tap into, right? The small self basically is self-focused it has its desires you know we talked about in the last podcast the grief podcast about the desire for a good life which is really common in our american culture especially Um, and you know there's this feeling as we experience grief that maybe that's not what it's all about maybe that's not what life is all about and trying to kind of allow our grief to open up our hearts and ourselves to this deeper understanding, truth, mm. and presence, you know, which is <laughs> pretty vague and, and nebulous idea. Um, but I think as you do that work, as you as you do the work of grief, as you kind of become aware of your ego, the small self, and what it says and does, you automatically sort of tap into this larger thing, you know? So I think it's it's helpful to, you know, give that some language to try to describe it because that, in a lot of ways, feels better and, the, and you need the grief to lead you there. Yeah, I <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And you know, sometimes we we're dancing around this this thing that that you know, at some point there's just no language for. But you know, when when you talk about presence, you know, that's that's a really hard thing to de- to to describe. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll call it presence. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people might. Think of that as God, you might call it beingness, and it's this larger thing that we're all a part of, that we are 
trying to connect with through becoming aware of ourselves and our egos and through our grief. And, um, you know, as we connect with that larger presence, I think one of the goals, you know, that's more of a, a practical, livable experience is just being present. So it's the, the idea of just, um, just being that we were talking about, um, not being driven by all of our compulsive desires that are driven by those ego agendas, but that we can just become present to our experience, to be present to our environment, to be present with the people that we're present with, and just to be present with the larger universe or God. And I think that that can be tied to how, how grief will lead us to joy, right? So that if, 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 if grief is helping us <clears throat> shed these things, right, or, or um, kind of toss aside certain illusions or whatever and allows us to kind of get, get deeper in, in, into presence, then, then it helps us grow our container for experience right to to have an experience on a on a on a wider on a wider perspective okay so the way i see it is that if 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 my container for experience is 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 becoming more robust and more wide then i'm not just seeing the forest fire i i'm i'm seeing I'm I'm able to see how the forest fire um, can actually be a natural and and, and, and good part of nature. Mm-hmm. I'm able to see a lot of different aspects outside of of the forest fire, and if I'm able to see other aspects outside of the forest fire, then I'm able to to access. A deeper presence and, and even some more joy in that, mm-hmm. if if that makes sense. Some more joy in the forest fire. Sure, because the because the context, if 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 I'm friends with grief, right? Mm-hmm. If my container for grief is is big enough, then I can hold. Then I can hold that. It allows me to be more present, and. Experience out of this deeper presence of uh, the forest fire and, and and see it in a larger context. Yeah, I'm not just focused on uh, the limited elements of of the forest fire where there's just trees burning, or you know, um, it, I I can see a lar- a larger perspective there. So, what would you say to people who? experience the hardship, death, destruction that forest fires create directly. I mean, some people's homes have been burned in forest fires, right? Or they've, you know, I'm, I'm always mindful as we talk about grief of the people who have experienced grief and are experiencing it acutely. And so how did they, you know, I mean, clearly they're just in grief, 
you know, which is a very important part of um, their experience when, when something bad happens, obviously. Sure. But what would you say to them about being able to hold joy or, you know, the same thing? Because we can look at it from the outside and say, yes, I can accept the forest fire as something that is destructive, and yet it is also um, part of just what happens in the ecosystem. But for people who are like in pain because of some of these things, what would you say to them? Well, I, first of all, I, I would just say be in pain. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the most important part. Um, and to allow it and, and let that, let that pain be there and inform you because mm-hmm. it, it's only, it's only out of that pain that you'll be able to eventually at some point see anything outside of it or any other elements, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, it's kind of the, it's kind of the same con- concept of, <clears throat> um, Staying focused on the ego, you know, mm-hmm. if we're, if we're, if, if, if we can keep an eye on the ego, we're able to see something outside of it eventually. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with pain. So yes. if we're allowing ourselves full permission to feel the pain, yes. to be in it, then it allow, then it, at some point, maybe not right away, that's not the expectation, but, but at some point that, that, that pain, if we've given ourselves permission, will allow us to see something outside of it. Yeah. That's good. I think uh, it's important to let people know, too, something that, that may be obvious, but this can you can be in grief for years, you sure. know? Like, if yeah. something really bad happens to you, um, like, you lose everything mm-hmm. in a forest fire. I mean, that's a life-defining moment, event. And you may be in grief for months and years, sure. obviously. And you're saying that it's really important to just be in that grief. And it's, and it's part of what help us, helps us eventually to access joy. But it's not like you grieve one day and the next day no. you know, you're joyful. Sure. The, ex- the expectation is that, you know, the night your house burns down, you, you know, that, that next morning you're not dancing around in jubilation or anything, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> the idea is, is, is to allow the grief to be there as it needs to be trusting it, giving ourselves permission to feel it and let, letting it work in us. Mm-hmm. letting it work in us so that we can see so that we can be informed so that we can learn and see something outside of that mm-hmm. you know so there are the examples like the, the forest fire which are, are really big life examples right but it's just like you know last week when you were sharing that uh, example of, of, of like Hallie that's a, a very that's that's a small example mm-hmm. right and that's something I, I think it's also critical for us to, to pay attention to is that we have these big, huge life right. griefs, right? right? But we also have these, these little griefs, these, these little forest fires mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And if we can allow ourselves to pay attention to those little forest fires as well, mm-hmm. 
it, it continues to just teach us just as powerfully as those big forest fires. Right? It's the same process. Exactly. And Some it, of them hurt more than others. Exactly. But. And and all it's doing is it's growing our container and it's teaching us and it's leader leading us to live from a deeper presence. There was <laughs> there yeah. was this um, story I was reading this weekend where it was kind of a parable or something like that, but mm-hmm. the there was a a, a, a a village and then um, some of the villagers had had noticed that this man's horse had uh, had ran off mm-hmm. and the villagers said oh you 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 poor man this is this is this is so sad and terrible your your horse ran off and he said all he said was his only response was maybe <laughs> the next day the horse brought back 30 other horses uh-huh. And the villagers said, "Oh, you know, this is, this is wonderful. You know, you're you you got your horse back, plus fifty others. This is this is great and celebration." And his only response was, "Maybe, right?" Uh-huh. And um, and then there were f- f- further examples of how you know these day to day things happened, right? And the villagers said, "Oh, this is good," or. Uh-huh. Or that's good, or this is bad, or and, right. And the guy just said maybe because, you know, um, yeah, you don't know it. You don't really know the the the, the catastrophe can uh, can lead to what some people might call you know or judges really good things, yeah. and the good things that come in yeah lead to catastrophe, right? Which makes true. us go beyond that dualism. But there's right. grief can teach us that. It, it's almost like that man that said mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe was really good friends with grief. Mm-hmm. He understood it, right? And uh, yeah, we have this need to say everything is either good or bad, which is the dualistic way of thinking. Um, everything has to be either good or bad; it cannot be both. And we always have to be assigning value, good or bad, to everything and i'm sure that we'll get into that in future podcasts right dualistic and non-dualistic thinking um but uh yeah the grief can also be something that leads us to joy and uh joy i think is being able to connect with that larger presence and when we when we are in pain, when we're in grief, then it helps us to have that larger perspective and be able to to connect with that in a deeper level. And that may take may take some time to be working through that pain and grief. So what how how does how does that or how has that been playing out for you? Um in your own life or your experience, how has grief led you to to joy? You know, having lost um, some uh, close family members in the last couple of years, um, you know, it does. It just kind of opens up your awareness uh, to this larger thing, right? Because if you're just focused on having a good life and then someone that you love someone who's important to you dies you know 
your focus has to change. You, ha- you have to realize there must be something more than my comfort, than my um, happiness. There must be something more than, you know, and, and we lose things all the times and, and are reminded that it's not about just my success, um, things like that. So it just, you know, when you experience grief, when something bad happens, you, you're just instantly like awakened to this larger thing. There just, there just has to be something bigger. And what, but what was it that, was it the pain that, that, that woke you? Yes. Or I, I don't know. You go, you go along and your, your ego's agenda is to be comfortable and, ha- and to have a good life. And when something like that happens, like it just pulls that out from under you, like instantly. So pain, pain woke you up and yeah, said, Hey, it bre- I mean, it breaks you first. Mm. It breaks you first. Like you, it, it just, it just destroys your idea of what your ego wanted. Mm. You know, your ego's agenda, your ego's agenda is, is to be happy. Right. And when something like that happens, it just rob it robs you of that. Right. And it's right to be upset and it's right to be angry and it's right to be extremely sad, you know, and to just be, in this really powerful experience of grief, that's right to feel that way. And at the same time that is happening, you're wondering why did this happen? And you're, you're wondering like, what is the point of life if it's not just to have a good life and be comfortable and be happy? You know, I mean, you have to answer, you have to ask that question. I don't know how you answer it, but you know, you have, you're almost forced to ask yourself that question. Well, and that's probably the most important thing is that you're asking, not not necessarily needing to answer. No, know? the the answer is like lived out over your whole life. Right. You know? Question is the same, then the answers actually change always, maybe. And grief can yeah. lead us to that, you know? It's interesting. Yeah. So it it just sort of like it's it strikes you. It's uh it's a wound. The grief is, is a wound, you know, these small wounds and these big wounds. And, uh, but they wake you up to the larger presence, the larger consciousness that we're talking about. I think, I think it also like, you know, as it creates this wound, it also like opens up space in your, in your beingness. You know, you're, you're talking about it as a container, but I think about it as, um, and this isn't totally different. It's, uh, but, but it sort of hollows you out in a way and it, you know, that, that grief and pain, like it, it creates this space in your life, you know, um, not like a, not like a void. People talk about like a void needing to be filled or something like that, but like, when you are wounded, when you experience pain, there's, there's this really like receptivity that comes along with that. Okay. So, um, the pain, you know, it, it makes you tender, you know, the wounds make you tender. (laughs) And then 
there's suddenly this space for all this emotion and there's and there's also the space that's created for other people. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. To, to, to accept other people's love and warmth. So in, sure. in, 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 in some ways, it, it makes your your ego defense more porous or, or something in some ways. So where yeah. the love love and, and whatever can be, can be absorbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it feels like you're also able to like be with other people who are in pain in a different way when you experience your own. You know, like you, you just you just have this space in your life for other people who are grieving. Hmm. Yeah, you use this word tenderness, and it's something that you and I have been been talking about quite a bit recently. There's something there, isn't there, with with the the grief and 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 being willing to, as I say, hold that or grow our container and let it let it inform us and um, being with that pain. There's there's something something about tenderness that is inherently connected to that whole piece, isn't there? Somehow I don't know yeah. exactly how. I haven't I'm just now really starting to yeah, the, the tenderness is what comes along with it. You have to be yeah. sort of tender to be able to receive others. You know, you have to be open. Hmm. Your heart has to be open to be able to receive anything, you know, another person, God, the universe as it is, you know, and to be really present with all of those things. You have to be open and you have to have space in your heart and in your life for them to come and be with you. And that tenderness can really make you feel alive, can't it? Or at least for me, sure. Uh, it's almost like my senses are, uh, have been heightened. Yeah. And, uh, your attunement to things seems to be magnified and, um, this tenderness is it's almost there's a there's a vitality in it yeah you know it just feels like there's a lot of life in it yeah yeah that that tenderness i like to think of as just kind of emotionality right we can experience this deep emotionality when we go through grief which is really really hard and really really painful but like it tenderizes you and it, and it um, makes it so that you're capable of really strong, powerful emotions. And that's what it is to be alive. Mm. Mm. And so then, so then talk more about, maybe there's something there with, you know, the, the, the grief and how it breaks you and then our willingness to open up to that experience. And then there seems to be kind of this tenderness that, that comes how then you know in that tenderness it, it uh, we're able to kind of um, be more receptive and maybe that then helps us access this 
deeper presence, this yes. joy, this receptivity. Yes. So we need to think of ourselves as 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 these 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 beings who are kind of and um, being willing to kind of be tenderized, if you will. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a funny word to use. By this, by this, <laughs> by this grief, so that we can be, so that we can be tenderized and more receptive to. Is that a crazy thing to think about? A deeper presence and joy. No, it's, I don't think so at all. I think seems it's so apparent to me. But well, that's you know, it seems like we're resistant to that often. Yeah. And it seems crazy to think about like going around in the world being tender. Well, it's counterintuitive. Yeah, and it feels scary and dangerous. But yes, I think but I think then you're able to be in touch with the presence. I think then you can really receive people. Um I think then you can be more open to everything in your environment. Everything. Everything in the universe. And then that in turn helps you be more resilient. Yes. And that is that is the trick, right? It's not it's not just about you going around being tender and sensitive to everything. There's also resilience. As you let the grief and the pain and, and everything that you're receiving do its work, you're also becoming stronger in a way. You're but, right. But our our society, and not just our society, but probably just on a on a certain human level, you know, the ego is oriented towards well, it it, it wants resilience, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. right? It wants without any of the tenderness, exactly. It it want it wants resilience because resilience guarantees safety, right? And mm -hmm. but it goes about it a very different way, yeah. Then it just protects itself all the time. Right, then then what we're saying here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's helpful to allow grief to do that for you. Um and I think one of the ways that this really plays itself out and one of the most tangible ways I think that I can think about it is just how receptive I am to other people. So um you know, we all go around we, and we have these defenses that we put up to guard us from being hurt by others or even by being accessed by, by others um, or being open to them. And I, you know, I myself am obviously can be closed off and maybe cold or, you know, just, just introverted, you know, is a nice way to say that. Um, and, uh, and that's a, it's a means of protecting myself and, and, but this, but grief and um, this kind of receptivity has created more openness to others. And so, and so, you know, the idea is that we're able to provide some space in our own lives, in our own hearts for others, which is a difficult thing to have to do. Sure. Because there's people everywhere. <laughs> people <laughs> everywhere. Well, and then, you know, some, that, that tenderness, you know, it's, it, it, it opens... It opens us up, right, so that we become more, <clears throat> more receptive, and maybe that can be a, a tangible avenue 
right, to experience that that larger self. Mm-hmm. Because then, when when we're tender and receptive to others, then we really are having a larger experience, this larger collective experience, and we're able to kind of maybe wake up to and understand this 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 idea or this feeling or this concept of of the larger self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I want to reiterate too um, the big question. One of the big questions for everyone is what would basically be is the larger self good you know can i trust the universe can i trust god can i trust um what's at the bottom or the core of all things you know um because if you're going to open yourself to it you're going to have to believe that it is good Mm. or that there is at least good in the world, you know, which is, so there's some work there in trying to consider and, and evaluate if that's something that you actually believe. Do you believe that this larger self, this, the presence is, is good? Or on what level do you believe that, you know? What do you mean? Well, for, for me, I, it's, I've had to start thinking of, of 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 that as not do I or don't I, but how deeply do, am I? Do I believe that? How how deeply yeah. am I living that? Because yes, I believe I believe in this. How deeply am I? That's 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 an important question for me because um, it's not it's not that I do or I don't. It's at what level, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because there's just this, if grief teaches us anything, is there's just this constant shedding and process. Well, it's not that grief does or doesn't work. It's on what level and, and to what degree. And so for me, I've had to, I've had to think, yeah, how much am I trusting mm-hmm. life or, 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 or God and, you know, to, to be good and to, to do all of these things. It's not that I don't. Well, I do. Okay, well, I do. But <laughs> right. how how deeply? Right. Because because when something really bad happens to you, you are going to question: Is life good? Is God good? Even. Mm-hmm. Um. And you will really have to reckon with that, you know. Or people. Yeah. Are they good? Yeah. And 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 as those griefs happen, the small ones and the big ones, you're continually needing to consider how deeply you really really believe that but that's but that's where the joy is is in being able to to connect with um that larger presence you know to be to be connected with it um if it is good then being connected with it at deeper and deeper levels is the goal and that is what allows us to fall into joy to dance in the rain. <clears throat> yes. So I think that's a good place to stop. What do you yeah. think? Well, for now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we've said some things that, that, that people can kind of 
chew on a little bit and, and think about um, these ideas. And, you know, J Joel and I are, are constantly just, just exploring. We're not these ultimate knowers of truth or anything like that, but just <laughs> right. um, like, to, like to try to understand together. It's simply, that's just kind of what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and once again, like we said in, in, in the beginning, you know, um, like the idea of being to being um, able to share these and open uh, this up and ourselves up to feedback from other people so that we can just kind of expand this whole process of just trying to understand together on a, on a wider perspective because I think that's mm -hmm. what we're all doing all the time anyways individually so this is just a good way to be able to to do that with one another so yeah thanks for listening everyone we'd love to have your questions and comments we look forward to hearing from you and we will talk to you next time thank you thank you